0: So, I'm only two episodes in, and I'm already so tempted to do the classic, what's up, guys? Welcome to Meet My Mess podcast. I'm so happy to have you here again this week for another week of fun, but I will never, ever settle for that basic kind of behavior. But I still don't have an intro, so hey. (laughs) Um, I'm excited to fucking... Get it going, episode two, let's go. So, last week I said that I would start my episodes out with like a -a what-a-whack week thing, but then I realized that I hate that fucking name. So, we are just going to call it a weekly update. This week was kind of nuts, um... I don't have much more to say about these stories, but these are the events that made up my week. First, one of my best friends moved home from L.A., which was sick. I'm so stoked to have him home. My pharmacist refused to give me my birth control. (sighs) Whatever. Um, And then I got into Googling and questioned if I had a stomach ulcer, but I really just needed a Egg McMuffin after a six-day bender. I was hungry. My stomach was telling me stop drinking, well that was the reason I like thought I had a stomach ulcer in the first place was because I started Googling like, can you get stomach problems from too much drinking, which obviously you can, but like, it was like six days, whatever. Um, yeah, and uh, turns out you can, I was right, but um, I do not have a stomach ulcer, I was just hungry. And then next, I went on a first date, and the guy asked to take my panties home. Did I let him have them? You'll never know. <laughs> um, and then lastly, my recommended on my porn site. Started showing me recommended videos of the exact vibrator I use, which is actually so fucking scary So if any of you have any info on why that might have happened Please let me know because i'm starting to freak the fuck out (sighs) Okay So today's a fun episode i'm stoked. So last week was valentine's day um So this week, I thought it would be fun to do an episode dedicated to the singles. I realized that that might um, remove half the people that might want to listen to this episode. But if you're tuning in now and you're like, oh, I should just turn this off. Like, I promise it will still be funny. It will still be fun. Um, So give it a listen. And yeah, I'll be sharing other things too. But we are going to do a guide to quarantine dating. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah, so I'm stoked for this. I'm not good at a lot of things in my life, but one thing I am good at is dating. I'm a messy person. I cry about pretty much everything. Um, I don't take criticism well. Um, I'm lazy sometimes, but one thing I am good at is dating. Um, yeah, so... Today we're gonna just like go through some do's and don'ts of quarantine dating because navigating dating during a pandemic is so hard. It's so shit and like no one knows how to do it. Like no one has um, direct answers on how to like navigate this situation. So maybe at least I can like give you a couple pointers or like things that I've kind of realized as I started. Dating throughout the pandemic. Um, So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, One sec, I just need a sip of water. Okay, so let's like go through first my relationship status. So I'm single, very single. I have not been having consistent sex throughout the pandemic whatsoever. Um, I have not really even seen anyone throughout the pandemic, um, it's been a year and a half now that I've been single, um, I was just taking some time to focus on me during the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, okay, this will pass, like, a couple weeks, whatever, and, uh, then I'll be back to my, uh, player ways, <laughs> but, um, this did not happen, so I just, like, yeah, I was taking some time to focus on me, um, just become a whole person, because, Life was beating me down before the pandemic, to be honest. I was exhausted. Um, But, however, as of recently, there are two guys I'm kind of spending time with. Um, Nothing serious. We just go out for drinks, hook up, hang out. Um, One's fresh out of a marriage, and the other one's fresh out of a serious relationship. So... I'm not trying to be a part of that mess because I know how fucking messy it can be. I've done that once before and I will never do it again. And uh, yeah, one thing with casually dating, you know, like, I personally am quite good at separating casual relationships from romantic relationships. Like when I meet a guy pretty much immediately, I know if like what category he's going to go into. Um, yeah, I'm just pretty good at shutting off my emotions, good or bad thing, I don't know. But if you are someone who can't separate those casual and romantic relationships, stop trying to, like, you don't have to pretend that you're that girl that can, um, like, have casual sex, and then you're going home and crying, you know, it's not worth it, because at the end of the day, like, that guy is only looking at you casually, so, yeah, that's just one thing, and I know, like, girls sometimes think you can change your mind, and, like, sometimes you can, like, I've had casual relationships that turned into something more emotional, but, Most of the time, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was saying. Well, yeah, most of the time, um, fuck, I really don't know what I was saying. Okay, anyways, I was rambling, so we'll just move on. Um, All right. So one of my... like New Year's resolutions was to be more open to dating because I am completely emotionally unavailable. Um, I've just been hurt so many times by men in the past. Whoa, my microphone almost fell. That um, I just like um, pretty much have like turned off my emotions completely when it comes to men because, and I'm kind of just like looking for that outlier that can like break those walls down because I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying my best to become more open to it. The biggest thing I kind of struggled with in terms of um, quarantine dating was that I didn't have one single friend. Not one. Like, not one single girlfriend. All of my friends were in, like, really serious relationships where they were, like, living with their boyfriends or um, with them 24-7, and they, those were the people they decided to lock down with. Which, of course, that's who they would lock down with. Um, but not having a single f- single friend throughout the pandemic was really fucking hard. Like, I was having weekly mental breakdowns because I was so lonely. All of my friends had their boyfriends to coop up with. And I wanted nothing more to have just, like, a girlfriend to have, like, some consistent time with. Or just someone to rely on because I felt like all my girlfriends kind of had their person to rely on. And I was just kind of like, fuck, like they're busy with their boyfriends and I'm just like at home alone crying. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I did not want a boyfriend at all, but like, I didn't want to feel lonely either, you know? Um, so Yeah, one thing I've learned, though, because honestly, for a while, I was, like, kind of pissed off. I was, like, oh, my friends, like, because, like, friends that I used to go out with, drink with, and live single lives with are now in relationships, and it feels like you're kind of, like, losing part of um, that friendship when a friend gets into a relationship, but... One thing I realized, like, I was like, okay, this can't go on any longer. Like, my friends aren't doing anything wrong by being in a relationship. Like, you have to figure out a way to um, cope with this, to figure this out, because you're starting to not be happy for your friends, and that's not fair. Um, So one thing I kind of realized was that your friends have different roles in your life. So for me... I had to realize, okay, I can't, like, my friends can't be there all the time to do everything, like, and you're not there for your friends to do everything all the time, like, you can't be everything to one person, if that makes sense. Um, so I kind of had to, like, navigate, like, okay, who's the friend I go to when I'm feeling depressed about childhood trauma who's the friend I go to when I need career support who's the friend I go to when I need to go out have drinks and have fun you know like and then once you start realizing which friends you value for what reasons I started to feel a lot less lonely because instead of realizing what my friends couldn't do for me and like the holes that they couldn't replace um, because I was single, I started to realize, like, okay, I actually do have a lot of amazing friends around me, my friends are there for me, um, we might not spend as much time together as we did before the pandemic, but that doesn't mean that they love me any less, but that really did take a lot of self-reflection, because for the first six to eight months, I was just so upset, like, I was so lonely all the time, I felt like I had no one, um, so, some ways I kind of coped with the loneliness because I'm sure that you guys are some of you are probably feeling pretty lonely too like it's hard um so what some of the things I did to cope was I forced myself to get out of bed every day and do things I had responsibility for or things I loved until 4 p.m before I could be a potato and if I didn't do that I wouldn't have started this podcast because it got to the point where I was just like sitting around like okay like three more hours of productive shit you have to do, what is it that you're going to spend your time doing, and, uh, so I decided to start this podcast, and then, yeah, that was, like, the main thing that was huge for me, um, I think that, Just a routine was massive. Like, I wake up every day, I journal, I drink coffee, um, I get ready, and I take my dog out for a walk. And that's how I start my day, every single day. And just having that kind of routine was really, really helpful for me in feeling like I had a purpose and that I wasn't so alone because, like, the people that I would talk to on my daily walk started to be my community. They started to be sometimes my only source of conversation throughout the day, so... Yeah, I think just pushing yourself to get out of bed is huge. And uh, if some days you don't get out of bed, that's okay too. Like I know that there's days that I need to just sit in my bed and watch Love Island. Like that's, some days you just need that. You need those days to recoup or do whatever that makes you feel relaxed. Okay. So now that we've like gone through where I stand in terms of relationships right now, Let's get into today's messy moment, quarantine dating. So, yeah, dating like I said dating in a pandemic is shit. Sex is at the like tip of our fingertips, but there's so many options for your physical type that it, like sometimes becomes quite overwhelming. And also, like some people that you swipe left on on Tinder might be someone you're interested in in real life, you know? Um, Like, think about how many guys you know that have really shitty social media that you would definitely date. Like, I can name 50 right now. Like, there's so many. So it's so hard to gauge sometimes what a person will be like over Hinge or something like that, you know? Also, like, if you exceed talking to a few men at once, a few women at once, a few partners at once, Um, It becomes really overwhelming, and you might discard a good person. Um, This is going to sound absolutely sociopathic, but I keep a note on my phone with the three people I'm putting effort into in terms of dating outside of the given dating app. So if we're texting, talking on Instagram, Snapchatting, whatever. And I revise it every Sunday, (laughs) honestly the list is never ever the same week to week by Sunday I have no the no fucking clue who Jamal and Jordan are but um it works you know like you narrow it down and then when Monday comes and you're like talking to four random boys you're like okay like I have to cut one of these out because we're only allowed to have three men on our roster and it just makes it so much easier to keep track of things sometimes I like used to catch myself like I'd be out on a date with a guy and they'll be like I'll be like, so what do you do for work? And they'll be like, well, we had like a four-hour conversation about this. How do you not know what I do for work? And I'll be like, oh, you're the firefighter, right? No, I'm an anthropologist, fuck. <laughs> it really does like get super overwhelming, and I never mean to offend anyone. But um, yeah, there's so much option these, these days, which is not necessarily a good thing in my opinion. So let's get into some do's and don'ts one major thing I like to keep in mind when it comes to dating is look for someone whose dating style is compatible with yours you know like I used to look for that first initial connection which is you still need that of course like um you need to still have that initial attraction but What I now look for in a person is what is your love language? Is it compatible with mine? So I know that I personally don't feel love through gifts. Like, I am not a gift giver. If I receive a gift, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I usually don't want it. So for me, quality time is huge. I need, if I'm over at my boyfriend's house, the last thing I want is for him to be on his phone texting, you know? Like, that makes me really upset. <coughs> oh, there's my dog. Someone's delivering a package. <coughs> what? <coughs> oh, my God. All right, we'll just wait for that to pass. It's okay. Um, yeah, so looking for someone whose dating style is compatible with yours is huge. Someone who... If you're someone who likes to go on a lot of dates and you're dating someone who would rather always stay at home, that's not gonna work out. If you're dating someone who loves to go drink with the boys every single weekend and you're someone who doesn't drink at all, that's not gonna work out. You know, like These are the kind of big picture things that you can't ignore. Things like, I want to live on the other side of the world And the person you're dating has no um, open mind to leaving where they live, you know? Like, those are things you can't ignore because in the end, like, you're just wasting your time because you can't change a person. So for me, I'm looking for someone who has, like, a similar love language as me, who has the same level of energy as me, the same drinking tendencies as me. Um, That's really, really huge in my opinion. So do narrow it down so you don't end up with a million losers in your phone. Um, Yeah, self-explanatory, there you go. Next, on dating apps, do look at the responses to their prompts. To me, these are equally as important as their photos. So if there's a guy with a caption saying he's looking for a girl to have Molly-induced quarantine rave fun with while dressed in fur, I am likely not the girl for him. I have avoided so many idiots this way, guys whose captions are things like, I'll know it's time to delete a hinge when I've found consistent sex with a thick little body. Men, these kinds of responses need to stop. Next, do trust your gut about their vibe. This is the same as when you meet someone in person, you know, like when you're texting someone you can tell if it's someone that um, you vibe with initially, you know, like, yeah, easy. Um, Okay, this one's huge. Do set a number of messages to send with your matches before transitioning to texting. So mine personally is 20 messages. The reason for this being like, things can be really misinterpreted over messages. I've wanted to ghost so many people who said something I thought was really insulting, but I had taken it completely out of context. Um, I've had guys sliding with hay that I actually end up having a lot in common with. Um, this way you also don't end up in a loop of endless conversation with a guy that doesn't interest you. Because I've done that so many times that I've been like, why the hell am I still talking to this guy? We're never gonna meet, we're never gonna go out, we're not even ever gonna have a FaceTime, so why the hell am I still talking to you? Okay, next. Do make sure your photos reflect what you're looking for. So, what I mean by this is, if you absolutely do not want something casual, don't make five out of six of your photos bikini photos, with the sixth one being you double fisting with your tits out. This is not going to attract the attention you want. Um, However, if you do want something casual, this is the exact kind of profile you should make. And not to say that girls who post bikini pics or photos with their tits out are slutty. I'm just saying that... Um... How do I phrase this? If you post those photos, as unfortunately, people, guys specifically, if you are in heterosexual, if you are a heterosexual person, um, do you look at that and think, oh, she does want something casual because she's showing off her body. I would say that one or two of your photos being bikini photos is perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, Men, it's been said before and I'll say it again. Avoid photos of you fishing or hunting, photos of your car, excessive number of gym pics, you get one. Photos with other women, unless it's your mom or grandma. I don't care if it's your ex, I don't care if it's your best friend, I don't care if it is your sister. Other people don't know that, it makes you look like you are either in love with your ex still and posting photos. Two, it could make you look like you have a lot of girlfriends, which, like, is fine, but it might be a turnoff to some girls. So it just, like, gets girls thinking, like, oh, who's this girl? I don't know. Is he still in love with her? Like, girls just, like, take one thing and go fucking so far from what the actual situation is. That, um, and we make these scenarios in our head. so I would just say avoid photos with girls, younger girls at, or girls your own age, at all costs. If, however, photos with your mom and grandma are awesome. You should post photos with your mom and grandma. It makes you look like you respect women, like you treat women well, like your mom raised you well. It's honestly, for me, a bigger panty dropper than... If you post a photo with your dog, you know, this might be a controversial opinion. I love dogs, but guys who post photos of strictly their dog or captions talking about their dog, to me, it kind of looks like you don't have a personality. Like that your only personality trait is your dog and that you're okay with girls only liking your dog and not really caring about you. That's just how it comes across to me. Other girls are going to fucking slate me for this and say, why the fuck are you telling men to stop posting photos of their dogs? But it's just my personal opinion. I think that it would be an unreal bonus if I came over or we started Snapchatting and you had a dog. Then that would be like another added bonus. Like I'd be so happy that I got to cuddle with your dog. Anyways, girls and guys, you should avoid prompts about loving to get wildly drunk. This might, again, might not attract the kind of attention you're looking for. Even if you do love to get blackout alone on Bachelor Mondays, and know that is not me projecting. <laughs> um, yeah, but keep the comments about loving to get drunk to a minimum. I think that was a mistake I made. I made some caption like, um, first round is on me if you can outdrink me or something like that. And... Um, it was bad for two reasons. One, because men actually started to take me up on that offer and, like, I couldn't actually drink them and then I'd have to pay the bill. That didn't actually happen, but it could happen. And for the second reason, I attracted a lot of men who just wanted to get drunk and hook up, which is not what I was looking for. Um, yes. Next point. Do pick the right first date. So, hawk... <sighs> Hawks and hawks. No. hikes and walks. Hawks. <laughs> Where there are service, great. Coffee? Great. Lunch or dinner. Great. Beach or drinks. Great. Um Don't go to someone's place when you're meeting them for the first time. This could be dangerous. Next, it's harder to leave if you're not interested. And most importantly, it sets the standard that chilling at home is going to be a common occurrence for you too. Newsflash, if he won't take you out on a first date, he will never take you out on a date. That's it. That's all there is to it. If he's not willing to try hard enough to oppress you on the first date, he does not really give a shit where this goes. I'm sorry. Um, especially if you don't want to sleep with him, don't uh, go to his house. On a first date. Um, yes. Some good excuses to leave if you do end up at his house. A forgotten doctor's appointment. Your friend is in an emergency situation. You're not feeling well. And right now, COVID is the ultimate excuse. Um, just fucking say I'm not feeling well, and then boom, he doesn't want you there if you have COVID. If he does, he's fucking stupid. Or just say you want to fucking leave. You know, I say this, but it doesn't always turn out how you hope. Um, I told a guy one time that I wanted to leave after sex. Um, because he called me daddy during sex and, like, that really, like, I was so, so, so turned off. So we are, like, the reason we kind of, like, started talking is because we both had listened to call her daddy. This was, like, a long time ago. And, um, he thought that because we, like, had this little connection that he would, um, I would like that. I don't know. But it was honestly just, like, not good good sex. Um, and then I told him after we had sex that I wanted to leave. And he was, like, okay, yeah, like, let's go. Well, actually, that was not how it was. He got really fucking upset. He got really beat be red. And, like, I get it. I felt bad. Like, I didn't want ever to make someone feel bad about, like, the sex we were having, because, like, I'm sure he's good in bed, but, like, it just wasn't, it wasn't, um, his shining moment, I'll say, so I told him I wanted to leave because I felt uncomfortable, because, you know, it's my body, I can do what I want, if I don't want to be at a guy's house anymore, I should be able to leave, this was during the pandemic, by the way, and we, uh, go to leave, and his fucking dad is, like, standing right outside the front door, um, And it's during the pandemic. He was not supposed to have me over. His parents were in the middle of a divorce. So things were already tense. And the dad was sitting there. So I got trapped in this guy's house for four hours, I want to say. I was stuck in this house. He goes, I mean, you can hop the fence if you want and, like, go out the back. And I was like, well, like, I'm pretty sure I'll just wait. Like, I'm not going to hop your, like, six-foot fence. Like, (laughs) no thanks. So we waited. him. We're chilling. We actually, like, got in some really deep convos. And, like, now I feel like we even, like, had a better. It was, like, way better after that. Like, I kind of forgave him for the whole daddy thing. Ended up going another round. Who knows? Because I was just like, well, whatever. Like, I'm here. I'm bored. And it happened. Um, and then finally after four hours I left. Little sidebar there. Um, yeah, okay. Another thing to do is make sure, one sec, it's best if you're only seeing one person at this time, of course, because of the pandemic, like, first, because COVID is real, we don't want to get this virus, two, because STDs are real, um, not sure which is worse at this point, but just make sure you are having like safe relationships. I know I said I'm seeing two men right now, but that is only because I'm still trying to decipher which is superior. And once I figure out which who is the best man, the other one I will drop like nothing. <laughs> look, I hope they don't listen to this. Um, this one's huge too. Do look at people for longevity. So, first, for men, when it comes to a girl, you want to look at things like her eyes, her personality, her hair, her energy, her confidence, her drive, things like that. Because those are factors that are not going to change throughout time. For girls, you want to look at things like eyes, smile, height, hair, the quantity of hair they had on their head, are they balding? Because we are not fucking settling for balding men, okay? I'm 21, so, like, if you're older, yeah, of course. Like, balding's kind of cute. These are all long-lasting features, and I am a big advocate for looking at men for longevity. Here's a little pro tip for those who are worried about their level of attractiveness. (laughs) I came across this profile of this guy on Tinder. And he was like, I don't know, like not, like he was a bit like overweight. Like he had like a nice smile and stuff. But like just not what you would typically call attractive in this day and age. And what he did made me consider swiping right on this man. So he made a full-on PowerPoint in his Tinder profile of why he would be a good boyfriend, <laughs> and I loved it, I love this idea, so it, what, he had like one section where he showed the things he did offer as a boyfriend, the next slide was the things he did not offer as a boyfriend, the slide after that was his interests, And then we had a slide about, like, what he is interested in finding in a girlfriend. And it was so nice because you got to learn about this person. Like, you got to read, like, his interests, the kind of girl he likes, um, what he offers, like, what he thinks he brings to the table. So, honestly, like, not even just for people who feel like they're, like, um, lacking in the looks department, this could work for anyone, like, I loved this idea, I thought it was so cute, I thought it was so funny, I thought it was creative, it gave me insight to who this guy was, and I was like, oh, like, I really hope he finds someone, and, uh, it almost did, like, honestly, it really did almost make me swipe right, I'm not joking, because I just thought it was, like, the cutest thing in the world, yeah, okay, okay, one massive don't don't drink too much if you are someone who constantly gets sloppy when they drink either suggest doing something else or only have one drink the worst like I personally can handle my liquor pretty well um I'm kind of one of those drunks that You cannot tell that I'm drunk whatsoever until I'm straight-up blackout drunk. Like, I will act completely like myself even if I'm so fucked up. Like, my friends have no idea that I'm drunk until I am puking, until I'm passed out, until I'm just, like, out of it. That's the only way you'll ever know I'm drunk. But... I've heard horror stories from men. Like one guy told me he went on a date and the girl like puked all over him and stuff like this. And like, if you're one of those girls that just like gets, is, like, gets a white girl wasted off of one drink, um, it's not something to be ashamed of. Like it's honestly something to be proud of because that means that you can abstain from drinking too much liquor, but um, it doesn't make you look very good when you get sloppy as fuck on your first date, it also just, like, doesn't bring your, put your best foot forward, you know, like, on your first date, you want to be showing off, like, the best version of you, and, uh, that's really hard to do, oh my gosh, my nose is so fucking itchy, I've been trying to scratch it, like, this whole time while I record, but, like, I just, like, need to take a second to focus on, like, getting this itch gone because it's actually fucking me up. I think it's happening because, I like, recently I broke my pipe, so I've started smoking joints more. And that means, like, I burn my face <laughs> sometimes. Like, I burn my eyebrow off. I burnt my lips. I burnt my nose. Um, but I think that's why it's so itchy. Anyways. And, uh, yeah. That's kind of all I had to say on the track of quarantine dating. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that little guide. Hopefully you got some good tips out of that. Um, Don't worry, the episode's not over. Because last time I thought that I was gonna have like a two-hour episode with all of the footage I recorded, but after editing it ended up being like 33 minutes. I've definitely tried to make this episode longer. Okay, so... This next segment is something I'm super, super, super stoked to introduce to the show. Yeah. Um, it is called duh, 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 duh. Mess Mail. So basically, this is where the listeners, which my friends were texting me the other day with like, names I should call my listeners. Um, I don't feel like I have the right to start having a name for my listeners yet because i i'm this really hasn't taken off yet but i thought that mess makers was pretty cute so i'm gonna call you guys that for now i probably won't actually start like really calling you that until this like takes off if it ever does um but i thought that was cute okay first question This question has been asked on so many podcasts, but I'm going to go through it again because I found some information I hadn't heard before. So the question is, number one question, okay, is, is squirt pee? So I have only ever squirted once in my life um and it was a result of a sixth orgasm um a guy ate me out and made me come six times and he was fingering me too and um oh I got a delivery my new pipe yay I won't have to burn my face anymore um that's funny (laughs) um so I've only scored once yeah six orgasms and then I personally didn't even feel it happen. But he was like, holy shit, like, he just squirted on my face. Um, And then my other friends who I've talked to have squirted also kind of said the same thing. Like, I didn't really know it even happened. But, yeah, it's only happened once. I have no idea how it happened. It happened just, like, out of nowhere. Um, So to answer this question, I took to my universities, libraries, um, like the university database. So the information I have is peer reviewed. It's scientifically proven. It is 100% true. So the study was like seven girls. Um, they were brought to, um, a point of orgasm and they were girls who, um claims that they consistently squirt so they like kind of like monitored what happened to their bodies when they would squirt and what would happen basically was before they were about to squirt their bladder would completely fill and by the time that they or not sorry their bladder was full before they squirt and by the time they squirt their bladder was completely empty so um I can just read you guys what it says It says, um, based on ultrasonographic bladder monitoring and biochemical analyses indicate that squirting is essentially the involuntary emission of urine during sexual activity, although a marginal contribution of prostatic secretions to the emitted fluid often exists. So what this means is that it is pee. (laughs) Short answer, yeah, it's pee. Squirt is pee. Um there is cum involved in the process of squirting, but that is most likely just because you have already came, it mixes in with that fluid when you squirt, and that's where the cum comes from, so yes, as a short answer, squirt is pee, (laughs) which is fucking sad, you know, (laughs) like it is, like squirting used to be this thing, well, like it still is, like this thing that it's so hot, like, girls strive to do and stuff, and, like, they wish they could squirt. So, girls, you can squirt. <laughs> you just have to pee a little on your boy <laughs> or your woman or whoever. This is an open platform, but, yeah, it's pee, which I'm, I can go to sleep better at night knowing now that uh, I know exactly what squirt is. Okay. Next question, any tips for your girl going through a breakup right now? Okay, so, I'm sorry, first of all. I know breakups are really fucking hard, Um, but they are also some of the most, like, how do I say, like, you find, I have always found myself the most in the midst of a breakup, Um, you are forced to reflect on yourself. You're forced to build yourself back up from ground one, like ground zero. Um, I'm definitely someone that stays in a relationship until I'm a shred of a human being. And then finally, once I leave, like then I'm, I've left that person for good. Like there's no going back. Um, But I would say as for tips on how to get through a breakup, for me, I think a massive thing is a change. I know that a breakup is already a big change, but um, it's really hard in my opinion to continue living the exact same life you lived with this person without them. So like I mentioned in the last episode, I moved to France after my last breakup. And I'm not saying that that is like a possible option for everyone or for the time being like I know it's not but I would say that taking up a new hobby starting a new like little business something you've always kind of wanted to do um even like moving like two hours away if you're willing to do that can be really um great I would say making new, like, making some new friends, like, I know the hardest part for me going through a breakup is letting go of all the friends you made in that relationship, so I think making some new friends and reconnecting with old friends is massive, um, yeah, just be so fucking into yourself that it's undeniable, like, you just have to, like, fall so back in love with yourself that you'll forget about what happened with your ex. And this is going to be kind of like a controversial opinion for many, I'm sure. But for me, I personally think that makeup sex is great. (laughs) Like a rebound is necessary, in my opinion. And I'm not saying like two days after you break up, like go fuck another dude. But I think that as soon as you feel, like, even minorly interested in other men, it's, like, time for you to start going on, like, a couple dates. Because when you start dating again, you start to realize that there is so many other fish in the sea. Like, you were so hung up on one dick when there is, like, seven billion other ones (laughs) in the world, if a man isn't treating you right or a woman isn't treating you right there is literally like so many other options so I think that just getting back out there and seeing what else is out there and that you can have fun with other people you can be attracted to other people you can see potential with other people is massive because yeah if you're just sitting at home thinking about what you guys had and like not knowing what else is out there you're only gonna end up harming yourself and like this fucking hard part of the situation is is like your ex is probably doing the same you know so like you just have to force yourself to get back out there get and move on I'm not saying when you start dating again that you are going to be um like ready to start a full-on relationship with someone else or even start sleeping with someone else but even just like a date where you can connect with someone else of the gender you're interested in is huge, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, okay, fuck, my laptop's gonna die, so I'm gonna try and bust this last bit out. Okay, last question is, Um, any tips for your girls in relationships during quarantine so obviously I am not in a relationship but I have been in a situation where I was at home constantly with a significant other um the same boyfriend I said I lived with I that same summer I got hit by a car Um, So I wasn't able to work, and I was living in a town where I did not know anyone. So I was literally just at home in this small town. I couldn't work. I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything. I was just sitting at home, and my only source of social life was my boyfriend. So I do kind of understand a bit how it feels. Um, I think that a massive thing is even if you don't want it, space, I know it sucks to hear, because I'm one of those people that when I'm in a relationship, like I am up my boyfriend's ass fucking constantly, like I want to spend every day with them, I never get sick of them, I'm not clingy, but I, maybe, okay, I'm fucking clingy, I said it, Um, once I'm in a relationship before, no, not at all, but once we're together, yes, I'm clingy, Um, But a huge thing is space. So even if it is just like a couple hours where you go into a separate rooms and do things you like. Like I know you think that things might be going good and sometimes you're like, oh, like we don't need space. Like things are so amazing. Like I don't want to be apart from this person. But when you're spending so much time with someone and not spending any time alone, you start to forget who you are without them. So I would say even if you are in an amazing place or a shitty place with the person you're dating, space is huge. It sucks. You don't want to do it. But it's necessary to build a healthy relationship. Okay. Now, for our last segment. Um... This was a segment I wasn't really planning on doing in today's episode, but as I look at the time, my episode's fucking short again. So we're going to go off the whim on this one and see how it goes. So a segment I had been thinking about doing, but now am in the process of doing, is called Journal Jumbles. So what this is, is I open my journal, which I journal every single morning of every single day before I wake up before I get out of bed, before I do anything, before I check my phone, like, yeah, um, it's the first thing I do every day. It has been for years. So I open my page to a random page in my journal, see what I wrote about, and then I talk about it and, like, the lessons I had learned. So in this entry... I'm talking about kind of a person that I um, was, am really close to and I got into an argument with, and I called them a psychopath, which is not, not cool, not okay. Um, labeling someone is not okay. And this in this specific case, this is someone who has, has a strong history of mental health. Um, and there, this wasn't a one-way fight, like, there was some really hurtful things said to me, and that's where it came from, but, so, I'm just gonna read you what I wrote. I wrote, no matter how mad I am, labeling never goes well, and it's often not true. I learned from this fight about name-calling. So... I think that what I'm trying to get, like, what I reflect upon when I read this out is I... Okay, so in my childhood, I was someone who... And, like, up until probably, like, my most recent breakup with the boyfriend I lived with, I had never yelled in my life. Not once. I suppressed all angry emotions because while living with an alcoholic, I... This is so crazy how this comes back to this. But while I was living with an alcoholic, I always had this want to be completely perfect because if I wasn't, that was going to piss my father off. And so emotions of anger, I would completely suppress because I knew that if I got angry, it would not end well for me. Um, So, but since I like went through that breakup, that relationship really taught me like my need to stand up for myself and to like put my foot down when someone isn't treating me right. But with that, when this new kind of level of myself came out, I've had a really, really, really hard time with balancing standing up for myself and um, still without getting so angry, I get hurtful, I get mad, and I say things I don't mean. So I think that what I'm trying to say here is if you end up in a situation where you start to feel like you start seeing red, you start getting mad, you start getting upset, that's the time before it escalates to that point that you want to step away, take 24 hours my mom always said take 24 hours and see how you feel the next day and honestly that's been massive for me in um kind of winding down my conflict because I was really really having a hard time with being honest with how with how I felt without hurting people's feelings and I think for the people around me it was even extra scary to see me start to get angry because I have never been an angry person in my life, you know? Like when I was angry as a kid and still now for the most part, when I'm angry I just cry. Um and I just get upset. Anger is an emotion isn't an emotion I'm familiar with really or an emotion I'm very comfortable with. So yeah, I think that probably a lot of people struggle with how to get their anger under control, so I think that um, that's really huge, is again, just taking some time apart before you have a conversation about the matter that upsets you, because in this specific situation, I ended up feeling so, so much worse for weeks after for calling this person a psychopath than I would have if I had just let the issue that we are fighting about sit for a minute let me kind of reflect and then go have this conversation with this person and I would have been in a much more level-headed space yeah um also don't beat yourself up for fights unless like anger management is something that's really like affecting all your relationships like everyone says shit they don't mean when they're angry sometime and that's not sometimes and that's not an excuse, but I think when we get angry it's most important to learn from our mistakes and then move on and just be a better person because of it. Alright, from dating to squirting to anger. <laughs> this episode was fucking messy um I hope you guys liked this episode I know it didn't wasn't filled with as many like wild stories as the first one was but I think that this episode is a lot of things and or this sorry this podcast is going to be a lot of things and trust me the next episode there is going to be some wild stories but quarantine dating is one of those things that I have Really struggled with over the past year. And I've also not heard like any podcasters talk about how to properly navigate that situation. So hopefully I gave some good insight. Um, if you enjoy what I'm doing at all, please subscribe. Please rate me five stars. Um, please write review. It really, 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 really would mean a lot to me because this is all brand new to me. And when you subscribe and write reviews and rate me, it helps other people hear the podcast. Um, you can also follow me. At Carissa Harrison on Instagram, or at Meet My Mass Podcast on Instagram, or else you can follow me on Twitter at Carissa M Laura. The podcast Twitter is Meet Pod. Yes, it is the one that has zero followers, and that's not an exaggeration. If you go to the page and see that it has zero followers, yes, that is the correct one because there is literally zero followers on the Twitter. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Carissa H. 99. And that's about all for this week. Stay messy, guys. (laughs) Bye.